Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Staley in English Show podcast. I'm your man, Coach English, here with Coach Josh Staley. Josh, how was your week? All is well, brother. Um, great, great week at work. My Florida State Seminoles didn't get the big W like I thought they were. Um, the biggest story is is um, DeAndre Francois going down. Hopefully, he gets a speedy recovery. So we're going to be depending on true freshman freshman James Blackman. I think he'll go in there and do a great job. But other than that, all is well. God is good, and we're ready to get to another podcast. Yeah, to recap a little bit, we started our two part series on the state of high school sports. Um, we talked about academics. Uh, we talked about the multi-sport player. Um, and we also talked about uh, AAU versus uh, high school and the relationships between the coaches and kind of sort of what kids should and shouldn't do and what parents should and shouldn't know. Yeah, we got some really good feedback from the first podcast, and we really appreciate that. One of the one of the topics that was discussed on, on my Facebook page was um, the multi-sport athlete, and some of the listeners made great points, fantastic points on how hard it is to be a multi-sport athlete and say you want to get a Division I basketball scholarship because so many kids are working on their game year-round, so you can find yourself falling behind, and um, some great points were made. Yeah, well, I got the same kind of feedback um, on the Twitter that I, on our Twitter, uh, they had a conversation going about mostly that um, was pretty much the same sentiments that you're that was on your Facebook page. Um, I think that um, it is tough for a kid that's saying they want to go to Division One in any sport to say, "Hey, I'm going to dedicate part of this time to another sport." But you know, some kids do it, some kids don't. I think it just kind of depends on the child and on the kid, the student athlete, and where they fall on that totem pole. Uh, this week, once again, if you have some comments uh, that you'd like to share, you can either um, join the conversation with us on Twitter uh, when it's up, or you can email it to us, um, the Staley in English show at gmail.com. Um, and that and is A N D. All right, it's not an and symbol. So today we're going to start the second part. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, program building, we're going to get to playing time, we're going to get to uh, etiquette, um, transfers, and social media. And right, we're going to start off with program building. So, Josh. What yeah, do you uh, build, building a program, when you're trying to run a successful high school program, you have to have a systematic approach. You have to have a plan, you have to have a strategy, and you have to um, have a vision that you can actually turn into action. Um, me, myself, I build my program in three phases. You have, you have off-season, you have, you have pre-season, and you have, you have the actual season. Um, off season for me usually consists of the spring and the summer, and then you have um, preseason, which is which are those immediate months in the fall, right before the actual season begins. What are your take on um, things? Some of the things it takes to build a program, Coach English. Well, I think um, when you're talking about building a program, you have those three phases. That's first off because you have to consistently be working with your kids, getting them better, getting them better, having helping them to hone their skills. Well, let's say this, the ones that show up <laughs> in the off season uh, that, that really want, the ones that, and, and if the program is built correctly, everybody wants to be there. Let's talk, you know, that that right there, They everybody wants to be there. There's nobody that wants to miss because they feel like they're going to miss out on something. Um, then you have uh 
then there's that part right before the season where you kind of start to narrow down who's going to make the team and who you start to feel that particular part out but you don't want to discourage those other kids because you never know that kid might come back next year and because they're working out with you if you're doing your job well when you know you have somebody else you can add to the team but it's also gaining a relationship with uh, your feeder program it's also instilling uh, uh, core beliefs core values um, in your teams uh, helping them to understand what the vision of this program is is your program what does your program stand on basically and that's why it's called building you have to make that foundation so that it's strong enough for a kid to say okay it, we're built on me getting better me getting the best that I can out of life per se and, and, and if that's basketball it's basketball if it's in the classroom it's in the classroom but they need to know to go hard every minute every day that's that's kind of where I, I stand on it. And I think that if you don't have that plan, like you said, as far as building, um, because you can't go out there and say, hey, we're going to win. You know, it has to be, okay, we got to start here. And then we have to crawl first, and then we can walk, then we can run. But it's, it's a process. And getting kids, see, that's I, I heard that saying, um, fall in love with the, the process, not the results. Fall in love with the process, not the results. And that's what I'm honing to my kids now. Yeah, um, starting, one of the things I think you have to start with is parent communication. Um, parents have to know exactly what you're trying to do with your program. They have to know important dates. They have to know your your vision. They have to know your, your goals. So you want to communicate that with parents um, as efficient as possible. And you're right, your, your, your um program has to be built on something like what is your rally call what what is your what are your core beliefs um getting your feeder program is extremely involved so you have to have coaches within your program you can trust because you can't run a program by yourself you have to have um reliable loyal hard-working coaches um if you're if you're a varsity high school coach you gotta have a great connection with your feeder program from um, JV, B team if you have that in middle school. You need to be running the same the same system. It's it's it, and at each level, it's a little different. Your your middle school system isn't going to be as detailed as your JV system, and your JV isn't going to be as detailed as your varsity. Exactly. But they all have to be working parts of what's going to lead to the end result, which is ultimately having a great varsity program. You want your kids with the mindset of everyone should want to aim to make varsity, mm -hmm. but they should also be able to accept where they are at that current time. And I think a part of building a program, and, and I'm going to come back to some another point you made, but I just want to piggyback off that point. A part of building a program is each player understanding their role on the team. That's, that's, that's huge, and I think and that falls into your communication piece, being able to sit down with the parents and having them understand, hey, look, your kid's not going to score 30 a game. Uh, 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 we need him to get 15 rebounds a game. That's a part. That's his game. That's his strength. Now we can work towards whatever his his personal goals might be, but his role on the team is this at this moment. And then you said something that was very very what what a lot of people find uh, uh, what a lot of coaches take for granted. It is hard. It is so hard as a head varsity coach to find assistant coaches and uh, guys in your feeder program that are loyal that are to you, that are hardworking, 
and that you can honestly say that I can that you can trust. It is tough to find, and that's why when that's why you a lot of times see coaches take their assistants with them when they go to a new job. You want you want that familiarity, and you just all you can do is hope that it's not that far away where they can't get to. Um, but it's tough when you when you're in a situation where you can't trust the people that you're with or that's with you that's supposed to be riding for you. And 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 you you watching you watching the kids you watching everything and then you watching them, and I've been in that situation a couple of times and it you got to make changes you got to monitor and adjust but it's really really hard and then not only that now that you done beat all of that now you got to find a good coach now they got to be good you know it, you can't just put any old Tom Dick and Harry out there and say hey man I need you to coach because I trust you because I know that you're going to be loyal to me. You know, it's got to be, hey, is what you, what whatever you're telling or trying to get across to these kids, is this, is this correct? Uh, uh, can you teach rather than be a friend? Can you be a mentor rather than be a friend? And I think that that's, that's a part. It's so much into program building that people take for granted. And that's why when that's why you see coaches that when they get to a certain plateau, they kind of stay because it takes a long time to find that fit where you've you've put in the time it takes you what what do you think what three four years to really build a program and what to actually start to see the benefits of what you're building if you're doing the job right um without jumping the ship i mean it's just it's so much that goes into it that you you know you kind of it, it scares some people off and then some people it makes them work harder yeah it takes a lot and me personally, something I take, I want all my head coach, I want all my assistant coaches aiming to be head coaches. Bingo. Um, if they if they don't have that mindset to be a head coach, that means they aren't going to put in the extra work um, to help your program be successful. Because the more successful the program is, the better chances it is for them becoming a head coach because they're building their resume. Um, from a basketball perspective, um, just talking to coaches, especially younger coaches, I think you need a guy. That's that's with you at all times. That just maybe just focus focus on coaching your sport. You need a guy that just focus on like I'm a basketball coach, so I need an assistant coach that only coaches basketball. Yeah. It's going to be there. It's going to help me in the off season. Going to be there during the summer months, in the spring months, the the, the fall grind. Because you cannot do it by yourself. You're going to need that guy that can be there at all times. And preferably, you need that guy to be on from a high school perspective. You need that guy to be on campus with you. Um, Hopefully, hopefully you can get that. And but getting back into in, into rounding um, program building up. So if, if we got to put like an umbrella on this thing, and <laughs> like a like a um, like a flow chart on, on how it should look, I think it starts with um, we got to have great parent communication because that's where it starts. Um, mm -hmm. And then then you go then you go players. Your players got to know exactly what you're trying to do. The skill development, the academic. How how do you approach your program building from an academic perspective? Like you know, do you turn progress reports in weekly or is it by every two weeks? So you got you got to have your academic piece in place more first and foremost. Then you get into your skill development. Then you get into your character development. So like however you put those things in place, it has to be something that re that that goes around on a yearly basis. You can't yeah. just do it during the season. It's something you, you have to work on your program on a yearly basis, and you have to have a plan in place. You can't just go off the hip. If you're going off the hip every now and then, that's fine. But you got you got to be able to have something in place, a plan in place, where you actually can 
see the work being done because at the end of the day you want your program to turn into a machine and the more efficient you can work and the more smart you can work the more you get out of the program you don't want to just constantly um smash um rocks with a sledgehammer and find yourself tired all the time you want your program to work as efficient as possible and 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 my last point here is and this is not to toot your horn because i don't like tooting your horn too much but i think since i've known you you have what four or five guys now that are current head coaches that have coached under you and that's a, i think that's a testament to you and the job you're doing because and he's not jv coaches you're talking about varsity coaches of of programs that are right. successful you know and they're right. and they're successful coaches they're not you know they're not mediocre or coming back to you saying hey you know i need a job because i just got fired they're successful um and and that's a testament to you and talking about communicating you know i think a lot of times something that gets lost between coaches and parents that makes it a really really touchy subject between coaches and parents is playing time uh playing time is huge um I did an, uh, an exercise with my, my team last year, and I said, okay, there's, there's, five, there's five people that could be on the floor at one time. There's 32 minutes in the game. So what we multiplied 32 times five, and that gives you the total minutes that could possibly be played in the game. I said, everybody in a piece of paper, write down how many minutes of those minutes you think you should play <laughs> per game. How many minutes do you feel you should play per game? And everybody wrote down. I said, but it can't exceed 32. All right. So they everybody wrote down, folded it up, and it was so far above the the, <laughs> the actual, pop, the actual right. minutes the actual in the minutes game. Of the game. Yeah. Um plan time plan time is, is, is huge, man. Um at the end of the day you would want your parents, your players, or whoever's in your kids' ear at the time to understand Focus on whatever it takes the team to win. Focus on whatever it takes the team to win. That would take a lot of problems out of so many locker rooms, so many teams. Because at the end of the day, the only, the only like, when it comes to issues I have with players, the only time I have, like, problems with players, it always falls back to playing time. It's not how yeah. I treat them. It's not how I coach them. It's not how I talk to them. It's not me fighting to get them in college or fighting to get them in school. It's none of those things. Because all of that comes, like, me fighting to get you in college and, 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 and give you a great opportunity falls into program building. We're going to put a program in place where you're going to have the opportunity to get better. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fight and use my connections to help you get in college if that's your goal. But at the end of the day, I'm going to give you the avenues to get better, which ultimately control your playing time. So I always tell my players, you control your playing time. Yep. I don't control playing time. I, I you, you hear words like, oh, he had favorites, and that's favoritism. Well, I am going to be the first, maybe the first coach to ever say this. Yes, coaches have favorites. And I want you to sincerely comprehend this. You want to know what who who the coaches have favorites favorites show favoritism towards or to the players that are going to give them the most favorable opportunity to win. Yeah. So the opportunity is yours. 
you know, that coach philosophy, what that coach believe in, you hear people use the cliche, oh, they don't know what they're doing or he don't know how to coach. Well, that's a whole nother argument because I would like to see you come in and try to run a program. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see you come in and practice every day and try to run a program. But the yeah. players that yeah. give that coach, that team, that program – the most favorable opportunity to be successful. I even take the W word out. I'll take the win word out. The, the, the kid that gives that coach, the, that program, the most favorable opportunity to be successful, those are going to be the kids that are on the floor. No if and buts about it, unless somebody's being punished, unless somebody's being admonished admonished for a mistake that they uh -huh. make. But that's how it goes. I mean, it, and that's the hard part, I think, for parents to really truly understand. Like, your. I have to put on the floor who I, I have to put the kid on the floor that I trust will give me the most successful outcome that we could possibly have. Because the real the, the the real deal in it, we're not going to win every game. That's that's just the the, the real of it. You have had some undefeated teams, but you go in this game. That's your Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he doesn't lose. Well, they, they, that's debatable on that last fight. So, I mean, you know that that was a money grab. But anyway, that's that's a topic for a whole another day. Um, it, when you now you got me thinking about Floyd Mayweather. Anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> but when you when you really look at it, the kids don't come to workouts all the time. When I put you in in practice, you don't know the plays. Um, and and well, what's the you, you're playing park ball? You're no longer you're no longer playing team ball. You're taking selfish shots. Yeah, the ball is dropping, but it's detrimental to the rest of the team at that moment. You know, um, shoot, even. Even in little things like just run the transition, where you're supposed to be on the press, knowing where your man is. So what I started doing a little while ago was recording my practices so that when I get approached, although in my handbook that I give to the parents, it states in bold letters, the one subject that will not be discussed is playing time. We can talk about it. anything else you want to talk about. Playing time won't be discussed, but knowing parents as the way we know the parents I started recording practice and just recording it and recording it and recording it and recording it and so that when they come in and say hey coach about playing time and this and this and why he's not on the floor and why he's not on the floor and I pull up the tape here's him here you see he doesn't have his man on defense here's him here. he's supposed to be doing this he's not doing that I said, so how can I trust that in the game this is practice where there's nothing at stake how do I trust that in the game, he's going to be able to perform a duty that he did not do? Because it's like trying to pass a test without studying. Well, well, it's it's a lot of state and practice. That it, it's your it's your playing time. time. But this this is something I tell my kids. Your parents are going. I understand your parents wanting you to be on the floor. Now I, I never have a problem with that no. because at the end of the day, your parents are only going to be advocates of you. They're going to come to the game. It's rare to find that parent that comes to the game and, and, and wholeheartedly cheers cheers for the well-being of, of the, the team, team. Whether, whether you're on the floor or not, okay? So your parents are going to be advocates of you. I don't even fight that monster anymore, okay? Because <laughs> I, I want them and I embrace them being advocates of you. But here's where it gets tricky. Don't just be a vocal or an emotional advocate for your kid in their playing time. Be an action advocate. 
You want your kid to get on the floor more? Okay, figure out ways how to get your kid better where they're where the coach can't keep them off, off the, the floor. floor. Yeah. Okay, that's how you become an advocate for a kid. Not asking the coach, um, well, why my kid, why my kid not getting in the game, or how come they didn't get any playing time? Ask the coach, what can my kid do to get better? And most coaches will tell you that. Now, if yeah. the coach can't communicate that with then you, then there's a problem. That's there. a problem. Yeah. Okay, but be an advocate early. See, here's the problem: if you wait until that kid is already on the team, then figure out what can I do to try to get that kid to um get get my kid on the floor more, get them more playing time. It's kind of too late. Yeah, you are, it's already too late. Season. But you have to be an advocate early. You have to start early if you want your child to be one of the players that 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 dominates the floor, that gets majority of the minutes. I mean, let's 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 just be real here. Sports, everyone doesn't get a chance. Okay, the best man up, the best man usually wins. The best man up is usually on the floor. Even though you may feel that my child is just as good, or I hear the the, the excuse, well, they make mistakes too. Well. Michael Jordan making a turnover isn't the same thing as Craig Hodges <laughs> making a turnover. Yeah. You understand? Because Craig Hodges is not going to average 31 a game. Mm-hmm. Craig Hodges isn't going to look Clyde Drexler and Magic Johnson in the face and say, I'm only going to let you score 21 tonight. Yeah. Okay? So you have to be fair. But if you're going to be an advocate of your children, and you should be, you should be in everything you do. And I admire parents to do I have two kids of my own, and I want them on the floor. But let me tell you something I do. We get out, but them boys come home, they do their homework, they study, they get fussed at for not cleaning their room. Then we go in the yard and we work on our games, okay? We go practice. I didn't like how much he played this with this AAU team or we wanted more playing time in this rec league. Okay, I'm not going to ask the coach what the problem is. I know what the problem is. Son, you're missing too many shots. You don't dribble the ball well enough. Yep. You didn't get any steals. You didn't get any assists. How many rebounds did you get? Because if you're doing these things, unless your coach is ludicrous, you're going to be on the floor. Uh So I go out and we work on our game and we work in an intense manner. Or if you don't know how to do that, find someone that can. If you don't know, email us. I know several very, very good trainers. I know several very good that you can trust. Um, their prices aren't outrageous, and they're going to get your child better. But, and not just basketball. I'm talking about various sports, not just basketball. But at the end of the day, playing time is a is a mirror issue. What do you mean by mirror issue, Coach? You have to look at it. And the only way you're going to get better is if you look at yourself in that mirror and see the things that you don't do well. Yeah. It takes a very mature parent, a very mature child to be like, you know what? I did a shoot and drill a day. We shot 100 shots. I had to make 100 shots. It took me 250 shots to make 100. You're not a very good shooter. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you need to continue to work. But that's the beautiful thing about life. You can keep getting better at something. But the beautiful thing about sports, it is a true reflection of life because life is about survival of the fittest a lot. And you have to be able to put yourself in a situation. You have to know how to acquire the correct resources to get yourself better. But you're not, and and not only that, but I tell my kids, uh, you want to see how someone lives his life, watch him play a sport. You want to see how they live their life, watch him play a sport, because they will grind as hard as they want to through the adversity, through the, through the through the bad times, through the good times. 
I also tell my players, this is what I tell my players, do y'all, when we watch film, do y'all watch for your highlights or do you watch for your mistakes? I said, being a student of, student of the game is not about putting up your highlights on your social media. It's about finding out what, okay, what was my assist to turnover ratio? What was my rebound percentage? You know, what was my shot percentage? Why did why was that shot off? Why did I miss that shot? Was that a good shot? Was that a bad shot? If you're not doing that, like you said, looking in that mirror, because the thing about it is everybody sees the everybody wants to see the positive in everything they do. To be better, you have to look at the negative. What did I do wrong in any situation? That's life. You go into if you ended up somehow somewhere messed up, you can't blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. You can't blame somebody else. You have to look at yourself and say, okay. What decision got me here? There was there was some point on this journey that got me here that I did something wrong. I went to the wrong place. I turned the wrong corner when I should have went home. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, it was something that got you here instead right. of where you wanted to be. And so you have got to determine as a parent, what is your kid's weakness so that you can help them work on it? Because no matter what, you... Uh, you know what your kid is doing wrong. You know, like you said, but coach. No, they don't. No, they don't. Well, some of them See, do. That's, that's, some that's of them where do. the trick comes in. You have to you have to view your child's ability from an honest perspective. Uh-huh. You can't you you can't do it from a fan. You have to be honest. And most people aren't going to be honest because they're going to want. Because when that child comes home frustrated and upset, I want to play more. And I want to do this. Your job as a your natural instinct as a parent is to figure out how to make your child feel better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To to nurture that child. Well, sometimes making your child better isn't what always makes them feel good. Okay? You have to be honest with your with your child, which gets into let's talk about let's talk about proper etiquette. Okay? Okay, I want playing time. I want I want to get on the floor. Okay. As parents, talk to the people that your child are a part of. Like, if your child's a part of this program, they go to this school, be able to talk to the coach and ask the coach, what's in place for my child to get better? And with what you already have in place, what can we do to supplement that? that? Yeah. Okay? So you have to do that. That's the first step. As a student athlete, you want plan time? Make sure you have everything your coach requires. Be there. If you, if, 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 and, 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 and which gets into, I hate to keep bringing it up, which gets into the multi-sport thing. It kind of makes it tough. But at the end of the day, your blueprint is your blueprint. It's still ways around it. And how bad do you want this thing? Life is too short to worry about what's, fa- what's fair and what's unfair. And I'm a person that really believes in being fair, um, equality, equity, and all those good things. But you have to figure out, okay, coach says do this. I'm going to do this and figure out a way to do it on the side. And as coaches, we have to make sure we are um, rendering a program that allows kids to get better. Now, I will be honest. If you aren't doing that, then that's not fair to the kid. Yeah. Okay? You have to give them the opportunity to get better, not just every now and then, but on a consistent basis. But see, those guys, those guys anyway, I mean, those guys don't last long in the game no matter what. You know, they may last a year or two, three maybe. But eventually, their time runs out when their talent runs out. I remember something uh, something you said to me a while ago. You said, a good program never graduates. So that means you work your behind off. I work my behind off. We know plenty of people in our circle that work, that work their butts off to make sure that these kids are consistently, I, I'm consistently turning out a product that is good. 
I'm consistently turning out a product that has me always in the position, has, has the kids in a position to always be successful. But that's us. You see what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, people don't live by the same uh, uh, was it <laughs> laws of ethics that we do, you know, and that's where that's where bad etiquette comes in. That's when you got uh, 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 coaches who will talk, <laughs> talk to your kids and try to get them to come <laughs> to, to transfer. You know what I'm saying? Not, it, it, which I think is bad etiquette. If a kid if there's a kid I had a situation, the kid text me, you know what I instantly did? I screenshot it and sent it to my AD. Said, "Hey, look, I never talked to this kid none." And I also called the school in which he came from and talked to the coach. Said, "Hey, this kid contacted me. I don't even know him. Just letting you know, because that's that's etiquette. That's yeah, ethics. That's everybody's not gonna follow that protocol. Like sitting at the game and screaming at the coach." And talking about other people's kids <laughs> aren't going to get your isn't going to get your child on the floor, on the floor. any faster. Okay, that's that's terrible etiquette. Um, um, players, bad body language, hunched over on the bench, not cheering for your teammates, putting the towel on you your know, head. Put it, that's not going to get you on the floor because I can be in the heat of the battle several times, and I might think in my mind I might think I need somebody to go out there for like 12 seconds and give me some energy and come right back out while this kid catches their breath. Well, that 12 seconds might change your whole role on the team because you might go out there and exceed my expectations. Mm -hmm. But if your energy is bad and you're and you're, and you're and, and, and you're being negative on the bench, you won't be able to do that. You have to be completely down him, but that's where it's tough because majority of people put themselves first. And when you live your life from a me first perspective, it's hard to be a part of anything great. Can you block your blessing? And, all, and all, well, 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 <laughs> major, an overwhelming majority of most things great are shared. Mm -hmm. Anything great is shared. Great, great law firms. You got to have great people work. You got to have great paralegals. You have to have a great team of um, lawyers. You got to have a great board of directors. Like, so everything that is great it's shared. It's shared. And to that point, where I am now, where I'm coaching at now, there's these big, uh, uh, they have these huge life-size posters of the state championships they won. And I know none of these kids. I know all of them have a ring. I don't know who played two minutes for the entire season or who paid 2,000 minutes for the entire season. All I know is on this picture, all of them are extremely elated. All of them have on the the, the high school league uh, medal, and there's a bunch of people in the picture that probably never bounced the ball. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna tell you what, man. I, I've been blessed um, to have successes. I've, I've had great players. I've had great parents, and I've had um, really good um, administration to, to, to back and support me um, through my throughout my career. And um, a lot of my kids are fortunate enough to go to college. I mean, I could think about every year. I haven't had one year, and all glory goes to God, I haven't had one year where we haven't, we, we, we ever had, we didn't have at least two kids signed, okay? And um, the common denominator was successful programs. I never had a 30-point score. Heck, I've never had a kid average 25. I just had a kid sign to go to college um, last year, James Reese averaged right around 20. Mm -hmm. And that's because some nights he would just be flat out on fire. But I've never have a kid had a kid to average 25. But I did have a bunch of kids that, that 
committed to winning and doing whatever it takes to be successful. And um, that's why kids get signed. I've had I've had four point scores get full rides. I've had twelve point scores get full rides. But at the end of the day, college coaches want to bring in kids that win. You have, but if you're winning, that means you know how to play the game. Yeah. And I'm in a position right now where it's even hard for me to go to college games to watch my kids play because it's so many of them playing. So if I go here, this person's <laughs> going to feel shafted. If I go there, I'm going to have DeJoria Howard saying, man, coach, why you didn't come to my game? So, and, and, it's, a, and, a, and it's a good problem. So I just I just watch them. You got to get the um, the sports the, the sports, sports package <laughs> or the apps, and, and you watch from there, and you text them and talk to them after that about the game. But at the end of the day, winners move on. Okay, Winner, winners move on, and most winners, all winners, I'm gonna make that definite. True winners, all true winners are willing to do whatever it takes to be successful. And if that means a little bit less on your individual plate for the group to eat, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And um, that's what that's what true winners do. But go but ahead. So much has been put into. See, but you got to remember with these kids, and 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 when you, so much has been put into them, the glorification of individuality within a team sport. You know what I'm saying? You don't as they're out in the street. Hey, man, you know, shoot, you should have scored thirty last night. But you know, coach took you out, or you should have. You, you, mm. you had this, you had that. You know, but it's always, always geared around the. It's always geared around points, and the good kids, the the good ones, the really, really good ones, understand. You know what? If I'm trying to go to to college to be a point guard. Scoring fifty on a losing team does not does not really help my cause. I might need to get me. I need to make a goal of making seven eight assists a game. If I'm talking about being going to college and being a point guard, I might need to be able to get me about two three steals a game. I might need to be able to possibly wiggle my my way into that paint uh, and of, rebound. Out of the words of Correll Johnson, head girls coach at AC floor right now. Great players do whatever it takes it's to win. Whatever it takes you know, I don't, to I don't, win. I don't care if it's points, rebounds, assists. Great players do whatever it takes to win. And those are, and, and, and that answers your playing time question right there. Usually those are the players on the floor. Um, okay players might just be satisfied with getting 10 points so their name could be in the paper. But great players, the ones that move on, the ones that get to go to school for free, those those are the ones those are the ones that move on because they're they're willing to do whatever it takes to win and most people don't have that mindset because they they have been wrongfully taught that there's this cookie cutter way you have to yeah. look in order to get a scholarship in order to get looks that's not true i've talked to several coaches i had a coach tell me one time look look coach look josh i want to undersize post so you know you 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 never know what a coach is looking yeah. for. You have some coaches like big point guards, some coaches like shifty point guards, uh -huh. some coaches like to start basically two guards that can run the point in their backcourt. But when you focus on whatever it do whatever it takes to win, you're going to come to those offseason workouts. You're going to be committed to the team. You're going to get it done in the classroom, and 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 you and your parents are going to understand that the bigger picture is team success mm -hmm. 
And like Coach David Smith always says, everyone eats, B. <laughs> everyone eats. And everyone gets the opportunity to eat when everyone puts what they have to offer on the plate. Yeah. But if you're holding back, I ain't putting my bread on the plate, yeah. man. Shoot. I don't want him eating none of my bread. I don't want him eating so none guess of my what? bread. He can't go as hard because he needed some bread. But if he would have had some bread, you would have got some of his green beans. So now, now his green beans might have gave you the kick you need to make that last second jump shot. Everyone has to put everything they have to offer on the plate. But I'm telling you, Frank Martin said it best. It's not the kid that has changed. It's the adults around them. Yeah. I won't even say parents because it's the it's, it's, it's more than parents. parents. It's the adults around them. I remember, man, I remember being little and I had nowhere to turn. I remember my aunt stopping me from running from my mom to, 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 so I she, so I can get that butt cutting. I, I remember I remember men I did not know telling me to stop and do the right thing. So it's 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 so many levels to this thing as far as what it takes for children to be successful. But at the end of the day, the great players, the great players do whatever it takes to be successful. And if you look and what and I tell my players this all the time, do y'all are y'all looking at basketball? Don't just look at look at the great ones. Like you look at I give you a couple of examples. You go LeBron James. This dude goes to the finals a whole lot. Okay, and they say, and they say, well, he, he's not winning it every year. It's hard as hell to win championships. Okay, it's it's just as hard to get there to get there <laughs> on a consistent basis because everyone plays you a little bit different. It's hard to be the man because now they're coming at you in every single way. He does whatever it, he rebounds, he plays D, he gets assists, he does whatever it takes for his team to win. Then let's look at the Kentucky men's basketball program. Coach Calipari brings in rock stars. All of these kids, high school All-Americans, McDonald All-Americans, Jordan Brand Game All-Americans, um, just rock stars, okay? And he gets them to play for one common purpose, to win. Yeah. So those guys win, and then their ultimate goal comes into realization. They go to the NBA. The NBA doesn't say, oh, we don't want you because you average 31 a game in high school, but you only average eight a game at Kentucky. No, they say, yo, this guy's a winner. Because he went to Kentucky. He does whatever it takes to win. Uh -huh. So we want this guy. Yeah. And those guys go on to the league. But winners move on. Y'all remember that, young people? You remember that, parents? Winners move on. It's very hard to be a really good individual in a losing situation and move on. Yeah. Because a lot of times, if I'm a college coach and I see this team has made the playoffs every year um, for the last eight years and make deep runs every year, I want to go see what they got. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for you to be recognized as a guy that's, that's, that's scoring 30, 30, 35 a game on a team that's not even winning. Okay? So, though you may still get recognized, being a winner will always outweigh an individual that's only focused on themselves yeah. having great stats. Well, <clears throat> I think that a lot of that ends up getting lost on the people that we're talking to. Those that want to hear us will, you know, because at the end of the day, this isn't what we're saying now isn't the first time we've said it. It's not the first time other coaches have said it. It's not the first time pundits have said it. It It's something that just is. And <clears throat> 
that's the sooner, excuse me, the sooner that uh, the kids and the parents and the adults around the kids start to understand the importance of I need this whole this I need to give up a little bit of myself. Anything worth having, anything worth having requires sacrifice. Anything. Okay, it's being married, your job, <laughs> playing time, anything worth having requ- requires sacrifice. Now, last season we had a pretty okay season. It wasn't great. We got to the second round. I had no kids that averaged over 15. You know, it, and we were thought to have had somewhat of a successful season, you know, compared to some prior seasons. But, um, you know, shoot, at my previous school, I didn't have a kid that averaged more than 15. You know, at, but a couple of those kids are in school playing ball right now. Yeah, division, you know, Ozante Fields. He, he, Ozante, let's take him for instance. Uh, I got a phone call. They saw his thing on match prep. Ozante Fields is not a scorer. Me and Ozante talked, and I said, Hey, listen, you six seven, and you could rebound the heck out the ball. I said, if you grab every offensive rebound and put it back, every single one, you at least gonna get <laughs> off of ten misses twenty points. And not only that, but you got the twenty rebound, you got the ten rebounds to go with that. And then on the other end, I know you defensive board. So a coach calls and says, Hey, coach, is this match prep right? This boy is averaging twenty rebounds again. I said, Yeah. Well, I gotta come see it. I said, well, come on, we play such and such tonight. Shows up, and I think that night he ends up with 25 rebounds. He had, what, 12 points, but they offered him on the spot. In front of him, and so he got 25 rebounds in front of him. In front of the coach. He didn't even know the coach was coming because I didn't tell him. That's just a part of what his game was. So he sacrificed, he understood his role. His role was to rebound, and if in that rebounding he happened to get a couple of points from putbacks, it is what it is. The point guard understood if I drive to this basket, the give up of me is I could take this selfish layup, contest it, or I can dish it off, or I can kick it open, kick it off. Like it was the unselfishness that made them. And a couple of them, two of them are playing college ball now. So, you know, you have to do what the great ones, like you said, do what it takes to be successful. Um, But. Whew, that's that's a yeah, that's, that's a that's a that's one of those subjects that I think we could we could continue on and on and on and on. Yeah, plan time, plan time, and, 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 and proper etiquette with 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 how to get on the floor is always going to be big. But yeah. like I said, um, work on your game, get better, have a great attitude, um, always show great body language, and um, people will even be more patient with you to um, develop, to get on the floor. But you got to be honest with yourself also. You can't be like, I pick up a football or a soccer ball or, or baseball once or twice a, a, a week or yeah. once or twice a month and think you're going you're gonna to get better. That's that's never going to – it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That you're just an unbelievable athlete. But it's, it's – and, and that's going to ultimately catch up with you. It's going to catch up with you. But playing time has a direct effect, if not – the largest effect on our next top next topic, which which, which are transfers. Huh. Okay. Um, at this point in the game, it's going to be really hard to change up how transfers work. Um, I think people are going to continue to transfer. I think people are going to continue to um, be in search for what they feel or what they believe is best for them. 
but I, I I just don't think it. it's and it's at it's at every level. It's 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 at college. It's at high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in, it's in the travel team element. Um, to a certain to a certain degree, um, and they have full right to do so. Is 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 in the pros, okay? Uh, free agents are always looking for the best situation for them, but in the non-pro arena, college, high school, um, transfers is kind of turning into an epidemic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, people are, are are getting up and leaving without even a, a, a reason at times. Yes, you know, um, you might say, "I'm not getting on the floor that much," or "This guy, I'm not going to beat this guy, so I'm going to transfer because I want to play and be able to show what I could do." That's fine. Knock yourself out. That's your choice. Um, I'm leaving because. I don't believe in the coach philosophy or I don't like the way he do things. That's fine. Believe in that. Knock yourself out. But at the end of the day, I don't know if we'll ever be able to battle the transfer, the transfer element because I, I don't think it's going anywhere. But if, oh, no. you, if you are going to transfer, I do believe it's a certain way that things should go. Like It's a certain protocol you should follow. Definitely. I think you need to have a conversation with the coach. Right. Because I'd say 80% of the time to 90% of the time, there's never a conversation with the coach that you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to, as the coach that's receiving this transfer, I think that you should call the coach that the kid's leaving and say, hey, man, this kid just showed up on campus. You know, kind of have a conversation about that. Um, the kid needs to be in the conversation as well um and not it's not necessarily to explain why but just to give you the courtesy to let you know because i'm gonna be honest 80 percent of the 80, 80 to 90 percent of the time we do not know that the kid is transferring until they do right right <laughs> well we don't it might be little rumors we don't even know that the parents have sentiments of them yeah. transferring and, and until until it's like it's already in action but again here's the thing I'm not going to go on my pillow and cry at night because you decide my situation isn't what's best for your kid. And I wouldn't expect any of my peers to do so. But that old saying, you don't want to burn bridges, is very, very important. Because you never know when you got to cross that bridge. Right. It's it's certain. And that's why I handle everything I handle the way it is. Like, if you kind of mean, like, look, coach, I don't think it's the best situation for me. Um. I'm looking at this and blah blah blah. Heck, I sit down and try to see if we can find a better situation for you. Yeah. If that if that's what it is, it might not be a thing of me trying to convince you to stay. But most people don't. I think when you do it in a in a, in a sneaky manner, that means you have something to hide. Yeah. Um. If you say, "Man, look, I ain't getting enough playing time, so I want to transfer," that's fine. But let's talk about why you didn't get a whole lot of playing time here, so you don't make Mix. that same mistake the next did. place you go. And um, because at the end of the day, I told a young player this the other day: is like if you transfer, right? You're transferring because you want to play college ball. You want more playing time. Fine, I respect that. You feel playing time is going to equate to you. Getting more looks, which gives you a higher opportunity to get a scholarship. Fine. You couldn't beat the guys out here. You couldn't beat your local guys out. Okay. What makes you think? Let's say you go to a new, a new, a new place where you play, a new high school and play. That's and you beat those guys out, right? When it's scholarship time, 
who are you going to be competing against again for that scholarship? The same guys that you couldn't beat out. Yeah. Okay? Now, that somebody might say, well, but they can play and show what they can do. That's fine. But at the end of the day, in competition, you're still going to have to beat someone out. No matter what level it is. Yeah. You got to beat somebody out at your job to get the job that you have. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That's, that's just how it is. Everybody doesn't get a swing. Um, in Little League, my youngest son, Jason, is excited before the game, and he might be even more excited after the game because they get snacks. Yeah. <laughs> they get snacks. Um, once you get to the high school and college level, and not to even mention pro, we won't even bring that up. Once you get to the high school and college level, everyone doesn't get a snack okay. at the end. Yeah. Okay? You have you have winners and you have losers. You're not going to, like you said, you, you, you want to ultimately believe you can win every game and you can believe that, but that's just not the reality of it, like I said, unless you're Floyd, okay? <laughs> unless you're Floyd. And, and, and the reality of it is you have to start accepting the harsh truths of life. And I can accept a kid transferring to me. That comes, that comes with the territory. But what I want to educate parents on is the steps it takes to do that. Yeah. What do you say? Communicate with your coach. Sit down and talk about what went wrong and why you guys came to this decision. So maybe that coach can. Now some coaches might be like, "Okay, fine, leave. I don't want to talk to you." I'm not like but, that. But then you then then you are justified in right, the reason because right. if that's the reaction you get, you're justified right. in what your decision is. I'm not like that. But if you if you if you sincerely feel moving on is going to be the best decision for you. Talk to the people that care about your child. Um, if you say what well, a coach he was playing for didn't care about him, well, you didn't do a very good job of reading people from the beginning. Yeah. All right, so so you have to you have to kind of look at yourself on that. But I do believe most coaches, if you say I'm gonna leave, okay, let's sit down and talk, let's figure out what's gonna be a better situation for you. Good luck, good yeah. luck. But children, student athletes. If you're going home and not being honest to your parents about your work ethic, I tell my kids it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And um, let's say, well, I went to all the workouts, but did you kill the drills? Did you attack every rep? Did you destroy every opportunity you had to get better by just going all out? Or you just did it? To get through it. To get through it. So... That kid that's, 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 that's attacking every rep is going to be on the floor. Yeah, you were at workouts and you might get a little bit better by default. But if you aren't being honest, you're transferring to go through the same exact situation that you, just you, went, that you went through. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the transfer situation comes from, um, and I'm not trying to talk about anybody, but you can't run from every tough situation you go through. Sometimes you got to kind of um, stick your feet in the ground and push back and be like, okay, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to fight. And I know something good can come from this situation. Most people are in fear of time because you don't get time back. And they might be like, I don't have time not to start again. Okay? But before you transfer, I want you to look at the entire picture and make sure that mirror is very clean and clear so you can see the reflection that it is giving off and it can be honest with you. Because if your mirror is dirty, 
and your mirror is cloudy, the reflection is going to be flawed. And you're not going to see everything that you need to see. So you need to clear that, clean that mirror and make sure it's standing upright. So when you look in it, you can be like, okay, this is what I could have done better. This is what I want more out of the next program I go to. If not, you're basically um, as we said in the cycle. As we said in one of the previous segments, you know, self-reflection is one of the hardest things for people to do. Yeah. It just says it. it yeah. I don't. I don't understand it. I, I guess when I was younger, it was hard. Now it's become a little bit easier um, because you understand the consequences of looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. It just. It just is what it is. You have to look at yourself, tear the mask away, and say, "Hey, look. You know, I'm not that good. I made this mistake. You know, when 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 I was at Denmark, we lost. We lost in the second round. We lost in the second round of the playoffs." Because I made a decision to keep a kid on the floor rather than take him out. Because we were rolling better with him off the floor. But because he got us there, I kept him on the floor. And that was my decision. You know, that wasn't the kid's fault. That was my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to eat that. And I don't know how many how many other people, I know the people in my circle do. But outside of that, you know, the kids have to, with this, with this transfer thing, it has become... You say it's a pandemic. Like it is so widespread. It's on every level. It is, it is an I thing. Mm -hmm. It is an I. Th if you can't come, prime. I, I had last off season. I had a kid that was going to transfer. I had two that were going to transfer. Both of them talked to one talked to me. The other one I had to seek him out to talk to him. So yeah, I've, I've had that situation too yeah. recently. You should have to. Seek the parent out, seek the kid out, and just to on. talk to him. Yeah, and yeah. I spoke to one, and what I said was, "Listen, I'm not going to stop you from making the decisions, the decision that you're going to make. All you need to know is that the decision that you make is final. All right. Once you make this decision, there's no coming back here. There's nothing to come back to." I said, "So what you need to know is, do you want to leave the known for the unknown? Do you want to try to grind this out? Do you want to try to prove something?" Or is it that you want to go and you want to try to prove something there? There's nothing wrong with making the decision to go. I support whichever one you're going to do. I said, but you have to understand the consequences to making these decisions are, one, if you stay, shoot, stuff still going to be rough. Right. If you go, it's going to be rough, but it's going to be rough in a situation that you don't know. The other kid, I sought him out. He didn't have much to say. I talked to him. He didn't have much to say. And it wasn't a sense in talking to them to get them to stay. It was to understand them to understand that I support them. Matter of fact, the kid I sought out, the school he was supposed to transfer to, I called the coach for him. I said, hey, man, you're getting a great kid. You know, he's a baller. I'm sad I'm losing him. But you're getting, you're getting a great kid. I mean, I mean, he is a good, and he's going to make your team instantly better. The kid ended up going to another school. But, you know, because of the way I am, I reached out to where he was supposed to be going. And had I known he was going to that school, I'd have reached out to that coach. Yeah. Because apparently this is what you want to do. But that last minute shiftiness, that this and that, and, and that kind of turning of the corner like that, it sometimes puts you in a position where you go, okay, you know, I can only cook with the ingredients I got. Because what, what needs to be understood, and I don't know if, if coach agrees with me on this or any coaches out there agree with me with this, but... On November, uh, on November twenty seventh or twenty sixth, I'm like twenty or twenty eighth, is my first game. A ball is gonna be jumped up, and if I have to have all JV players out there or whatever, I have to coach a game. 
whether that kid that transferred is there, is it, 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 he didn't transfer, or he did transfer. So once that happens, I'm still going to help out as much as I can, but I still have to focus on what is here with me at the current moment because I still have a job to do here. Right. I can't. I can't I, focus on that. I, and I just want folks to know, I'm coming at you from a knowledge perspective. Yeah. Okay? True story. I fiend to have a six pack. I work out hard with Michael Kurtz, the best high school, the best one of the best, not even high school, one of the best coaches in the nation. He worked me out this morning really hard. Rollouts, pull-ups, deadlifts, everything. In my mind, I should have a six pack. But when I look in the mirror, I ate 10 donut holes from Dunkin' Donuts on the way to the workout. <laughs> so I'm not going to have the six-pack that I so-called desire <laughs> until I change my diet. That's me looking in the mirror being honest. From a mental and abstract perspective to a physical perspective when I actually look in it. Okay? People, I'm coming from a, from a, a caring knowledge perspective. You're going to, you're going to transfer in sports. I'm not here to fight that. I'm not yeah. even trying to change that. Not at all. But I want you to learn to focus on yourself as far as the element of getting better. So you don't make the same mistakes when you go to a new a new environment, a new situation. I can't leave anywhere tech and go to over there university with the same mindset. Because ultimately, you're probably going to come back with the same results. So you have to sincerely look. Don't talk about what the coach didn't do. Don't talk about what I didn't have or, or, or how unfair it was. Look at what you can do better to make your situation. Look at what you can do to make your situation better. So if I took 500 shots a week, I need to take 1,500 at this new place. If I, if I worked out twice a week, I probably need to start working out four times a week at this new place. Because if not, if you don't change, like you said, the ingredients in the recipe, you're cooking the same, same dish. dish. <laughs> okay? And if you're cooking the same dish, you're not going to have a different taste in your mouth. <laughs> okay? So it's imperative. It's extremely imperative that you change. Because at the end of the day, even if you do me dirt, you do me dirt, I'm going to still wish you well. Mm -hmm. Because my faith doesn't allow me to judge or condemn. So I'm going to wish you well. I might be disappointed that you left. Hell, I might even be hurt. But at the end of the day, I'm going to wish you well. You might even do it, you might even do it the wrong way. And put yourself in some, in, in some situations that you shouldn't be in. And I might even try to fight to help you with that, even when you're gone. But look in that mirror. Use me as an example. My six-pack would never come. As long as you keep it them donut holes. Them donut holes are real, though. <laughs> they real. Like, it ain't nothing like a, a small donut hole. I wouldn't say ball. That don't sound right. At all. It sounds like <laughs> just eating that thing is so good. <laughs> Micah, I'm sorry. I know you didn't know I was eating donut holes when I came in the weight room today. Micah's going to be joining us soon on the show. But okay, good. I'm, I'm sorry. But, the, <laughs> like, like I know my six-pack isn't coming until I change my diet. 
your success in whatever sport you you play, whether you transfer, like I said, from, from, from anywhere tech to over there university, is not going to come until you change your perspective, change your mindset, change your approach, because it's usually not the coach. And I'm not taking up for coaches because I that's why I'm not going to fight. Because, like, here's the thing. On a college level, high school, I'm not going to fight you transferring to go to a better situation. Because a better situation. Because if a coach gets a better situation. He's going to go. He's going to go. Mm -hmm. So, you, at the end of the day, you have to do what you feel is best for you. I am very big on loyalty. And one part of loyalty is being honest with the people that you're in the cut with. Mm -hmm. Whoever you're in that foxhole with, you have to be honest with them. Okay, and, and you might be like, this is a better situation. If I'm a coach and I'm about to get another job, I'm going to talk to my players. I'm going to let them know what's going on. I'm not just going to up and leave like a thief in the night and they have no idea yeah. I left. Yeah. Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to have that hard conversation with my players and let them know, look, I'm probably going to be leaving. It's a great chance I'm leaving. It hurts, but this is going to put my family in a better situation. Um, so just talk to the people around you. Don't let them find out through the grapevine or through the wind. Oh, media. And, and, yeah. and when you do transfer, or if you are going to transfer, I pray you don't have to transfer because if your situation, because that means you aren't in the best the situation you feel is ideal for you. Mm -hmm. I hope you find the ideal situation for you, and that's almost impossible to do. You can work towards a more ideal situation, young people. You can grind towards a, a, a better situation, young people. But it's it's very hard to be a piece of a puzzle and just fit perfectly in the in, in the slot. Because it, it doesn't, life doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and, and from my experience, man, how long I've been God that blessed me to be on this earth, I I don't see it changing. No. You're going to have to work. To make your situation better, you're going to have to be able to bend and and, 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 and fold and not break. But you have to adapt. You're going to transfer. That's fine. I, I and like um like 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 um one of the coaches said on my page, it's, it's nothing we can do about the transfer um situation. But from a knowledge perspective, look in that mirror and don't make the same mistakes twice. Don't don't go around with the same the same mind same mindsets twice because if you do if you do you're 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 basically just gonna be continuing the will and and that's how it is but just follow proper protocol when you transfer i, I i'm not going to fight it because coaches should be coaches are going to leave for a better situation for them you got to feel what you feel is best for you a better situation for you but but do it the right way and make an informed decision yeah make, make sure make it's an informed decision. don't just do it because somebody does that, that does this on the side says man that ain't right you should be doing this and you be like yeah you're right it's not right mm. they're not they're not in the cut with you they're mm. not in that foxhole with you so so sometimes because sometimes it might be it might be something as simple as man coach what's going on while i'm not on the floor and that coach pull out that workout sheet you see this you can't have three workouts then you miss two you can't have two workouts, then you miss one. Then you didn't even show up for a week. Yeah. So so it might just be something as simple as your work ethic being consistent. It might be something as simple as you thought the coach felt that way about you, but you don't. It might be something. My wife says this all the time. It might be something as simple as patience. No one wants to hurry up and wait anymore. Everyone wants it right now. Yeah. That's not life. Babies aren't conceived and born the next day. You know why? Because they have to grow, they have to develop, and they have to get their strength up. Okay? Nothing, you're not going to go in a weight room for the first time 
and bench 225 and squat 315. It's going it, to take time. It takes time. You have to hurry up and wait. But like Coach English said in the beginning, the people, and I'm so tired of people using the word, oh, process, process. You don't even know what it takes to be in a good process. <laughs> so stop telling these young people that unless you're telling them what it really means to fall in love with the process. What does it mean to fall in love with the process? You have to fiend to be exhausted. You have to fiend to, to, to be in an uncomfortable situation. You have to want to be in the elements where it seems like it's always something better to do because I'm constantly being pushed. I'm constantly being pulled. That's the yep. process. That's how you get better. And that's how you grow. But here's the thing. If you don't believe in that process and you don't grind and you don't work, you aren't going to grow. Because you aren't putting the you're, you you aren't put you're not coming with the right mindset to be patient, and sometimes you gotta wait your turn. I just heard the announcer on ESPN say the number two draft pick in the NFL for the Chicago Bears this year came in as an unknown quarterback and got drafted number two in the NFL. Imagine if that young man would have said, "Whatever, man, don't nobody know me, so I'm gonna transfer to this school." Yeah. Okay, you have to fall in love with the element of working hard and growing. If not, if not, you're going to be bouncing around the rest of your life. You're going to be in a you're going to uh, uncoachable, uncoachable kids turn into uncoachable adults, adults. <laughs> and and you're going to be bouncing around from job to job because I don't like this supervisor or he shouldn't have talked to me like that. You got to be tougher than that. You got you got you got to be tough. But Coach Angel said, be informed. And do what's best for you. Our right. uh, last uh, topic of the day uh, is uh, social media, and uh, let me tell. You, I went to a at the same clinic I talked about last uh, last week. Um, the coach said in the process, uh, there's a when kids fill out the information, they ask them for an email, and what some of them do is they run the email through every social media site and as your pages pop up and as the kids pages pop up they click on friends they click on photos they look at posts they take time to get to know the kid uh, through the social media that's one of the steps of their recruiting process mm -hmm. um, they if it's if it's Instagram they look at they definitely look at the photos um, Facebook Facebook friends, they look at the friends' photos. They look at the people that's following them photos. They look at, so you have to kind of make sure that you're associating yourself and carrying yourself with some form of decorum on social media and not being reckless and 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 uh, uh, having gang signs up and uh, reposting uh, lewd videos or or profane language and. I mean, shoot, they're doing that at jobs now. So for a kid, uh, for for a kid who's trying to go to college and they look in your social media and you are a minor acting recklessly, and it's something as simple as you know, Herman would says it all the time. Don't don't press send. Just don't don't press send. You know, you don't have to post everything that's going on. And I'm not saying that you should be in things that are not going on, but you got to be careful what you share, what people post on your post what people post on your page. There's a lot of times people post something or something I post that I have to delete. And then I text them, hey dog, don't don't do that. You know, one time somebody had to check me as an adult, as an adult coach, because I reposted something I shouldn't have. 
you know, it's just it, it is what it is. Um, social media can boost you. It can be a very good boosting tool for you, or it can break you in half. I, I um, I, I enjoy social media at times. Every now and then, I fast from it because it gets it gets too much sometimes, and you just gotta escape from 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 the pool of the world. But social media is a very it's not even just a big part of young people's lives. It's 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 a big part of um adult lives. adult lives. Just, just, it's, it's just a part of our, it's just a part of our world right now. Um, old folks, young folks, middle-aged folks, we we use social media, and it's it's going to be a part of our lives probably until we're gone, you know, to see our maker. But you have to have a certain level of responsibility with social media. I think social media can be embraced to be a beautiful thing because you can connect with people from all over the world. Yeah. But then on the flip side, you have to be careful because you don't want negative influences from all over the world. Parents, I think I do, I'm not gonna lie, parents, I do think you need to monitor your children's social media at a very high level. And be very detailed when you monitor it. Like, pay very close attention. I have a, uh, I have a, Kayla's 13. I have a 13-year-old daughter, and uh, her mom and I just decided to let her get on social media. And I, uh, she said, well, which one do you want her to have? I said, well, we trust Kayla. I just don't trust the outside world. So we let her have an Instagram, something that we can track. We don't have to worry about monitoring three and four different things. Uh, Kayla has been very... Um, very responsible uh, with it. Um, we, I do still check it. And I go into the DMs and I <laughs> and I make sure that right. what she's posting is correct and things like that. But me and her talk. It's not only about see social media and I think at, from a parent standpoint and your kid, um, you have to not only look at it but you have to have open conversation yeah. with the kids educating them on why you can't particularly do this or, or why you can't post that and why you can't say this so me and her always have an open conversation um she, she we haven't had to have anything crazy just yet um but you know for the most part it's just been hey don't allow people to tag you to stuff that are not that you know i you know that you know daddy ain't gonna like you right. know, <laughs> you right. know, because I have your best interests at heart, and you should start to know. You should know by now what what's the what. And so my st- <laughs> was having a discussion with my students, and they said, "Man, coach, you crazy? That's crazy. You really check?" I said, "Yes, I do." I said, "The world is crazy." Yeah, you got it. You got to really um, teach young people to be responsible because see, social media is now a part of their voice. And you have to, and you have to get people to young folks also to understand the social media. All of it isn't real. Don't let these people trick you and make make them think that's how it really is. It's not. Okay. A lot of social media is 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 a show mm-hmm. to put up this this belief that this, yeah of, of how this things really how things really are. But it's not. But but. Even that could be fun in a, in a way, but you gotta be able to keep everything in in perspective. You can't get on social media um, and think it's gonna 
show you the way from a quote or you might meet your next husband. No, because that's not real connections. Don't allow social media to destroy your, and this is what I'm afraid of it for. It's destroying people's ability to connect physically and for real. You know, everything is a, is a, is a tap of the finger instead of, it, it, you know, it's a finger tap instead of a, a, a handshake. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a like instead of a verbal compliment. You know, so it's taken away. And, and I'm not saying I'm trying to fight against that because, like, time brings on changes in technology and you will get left behind. But we have to make sure that we're still teaching our kids how to function in a society where they still have to communicate physically with people. They have to know how to look someone in the eye and shake their hand or, or give, a, give a, a sound compliment. But we just, you just have, you have to um, really, like you said, have those conversations with, they, with your kids monitor it and um make sure they don't they're not living a secret life through social media yeah. also yeah that's that's big and um with that i think it's, it's some great benefits from it i think it'll be fun i think it'll be entertaining and very informative and you can make connections mm -hmm. and you can show a great outfit every now and then or show who your boo is on a woman crush wednesday or a man crush monday i don't get many of those <laughs> trying to throw some shade at my wife i think i only got one man crush monday my whole life i don't think i've ever had any yeah well, you're not as sexy as me because, oh see here so, we go here so we go with that i wouldn't really expect you to get more than me <laughs> but um I don't, I, you know, but, but long story short, man, as we wrap this show up, folks, just, just monitor that social media. Young people, be responsible and think about your posts. Think about them. Don't, don't use social media as a tool to build your confidence, your, your confidence or, or, or make you um, develop um, higher self-esteem because you don't need that. Believe in yourself no matter what. You're beautiful, you're young, and you're great. No, no red heart on Instagram or a blue thumbs up on Facebook plays any role on how great and fantastic you are. So don't don't um, allow social media to um, be that part of your life. Believe in yourself no matter what. No matter what. Uh, become a part of the conversation uh, at the Staley and English show at gmail.com. That's the Staley and English show at gmail.com. Email us your comments. Uh, criticisms, uh, whatever you want to say, and we'll shout you out on the next podcast. Um, until then, I'm Coach English. I'm Coach Daly. Keep your eyes open for the next Workout Warrior, which we'll be posting um, tomorrow um, evening, afternoon sometimes. Be blessed. Be safe. Enjoy yourself. Talk to you soon.